You're listening to Solving for B, the podcast where we navigate the business of branding and marketing. In this week's episode, we'll discuss how branding can be harnessed as a driver for business improvement. So settle in and enjoy the latest episode of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Hi, and welcome into another episode of the Solving for B podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Wilkes, digital content specialist here at Brand Extract. Uh, and joining me today is Chairman Jonathan Fisher. Hello. President and CEO, Bo Bodie. Hey, Chris. And brand strategist, Leslie Rainwater. Hi, Chris. Glad to be here. Thanks for joining us today. Um, okay, now today's topic is uh, branding as, the biz- as a business solution. But uh, when we were preparing for the show earlier this week, it, it kind of became clear to me that what this episode really is about uh, is not looking at branding as only one thing, say, a communication strategy or a visual refresh. Uh, really, what a branding or rebranding exercise uh, could be, uh, should be about is improving your business. Um, so I guess we can start with this. Um, how can a branding effort improve a business in a way that listeners may not realize or immediately, immediately think about? Well, there are actually um, several several ways you could do that. It's pretty complex, and um, you know it's very broad. You could do, um, you know, several of the issues that you could look at are customers at risk. You know, um, as you start to analyze your brand, who's really on board with you and who's not, um, and what can you do to make that um, a better thing. You can also look at the services that you provide. Um, And are they on target? Are you doing the right ones? Are there things that you could add more, um, you know, add more or different services to? Um, Those are just, you know, a few of the top ones. Also operational gaps. You can really talk to your employees. You can talk to your customers and figure out where am I missing those things and what are some things that I could do within my own organization to really build my brand and increase my awareness in the community. Yeah, I mean, our whole focus on brand is, is less the communications part. Communications happen after you understand the brand, but it's really more the—it's more about how the business operates, how it acts. And I think Leslie kind of tapped into that. You know, there's there's the people that are impacted, you know, by how the brand should act and feel, and who we hire to do that. It's the operations. What what can we really deliver? What can't we deliver? You know, what promises can we make? What promises can't? Shouldn't we make? Um, and then it's the customer. You know, not just the ones that love your product, um, but the ones that might love it more if they thought better of you or the ones they left because, you know, they didn't think they were getting what they wanted. Um, All of those things, business strategy, direction, markets, all those things come out of a brand research project. Price positioning even. I mean, I I see services that are either overvalued and not selling or or undervalued and not selling, and Mm -hmm. and and the price points can be completely off, and that's uncovered sometimes in in the research from the brand process. Okay. So, so when we're, when we're undertaking a, a, a brand, you know, creating a brand from scratch or rebranding, whatever it may be, um, what are some of the things that, that need to be considered? Bo, you talked about customers and um, a, a couple of other uh, touch points, but, um, I mean, do we, do we need to look at the competitive landscape? Do we need to look at, do we, who do we need to speak with even um, in order to, to, to kind of start to put a... Um, a structure around the brand, and yeah, I mean, our general approach, the general approach is, you know, talk to talk to the leadership team, you know, what is their strategy, you know, what do they what do they think they want to do, how do they believe they need to be branded, where do they need to go, um, then the next piece is talk to talk to their their staff, 
talk to their employees, talk to their team, and see, you know, what really is going on there. Like, are, are we really delivering, you know, what leadership says? Do they understand what leadership needs to do? Do they understand the direction? Uh, then talk to customers, um, lost and existent. And if, we, if you're using research, you know, maybe even, a, you know, you're using quantitative research, you know, even a larger sample of prospective customers. Um, and see what their feelings are about the brand or the product or the market or the, you know, all those different pieces. Um, and then look at the marketplace. You know, what are the competitors saying? How are they referring to themselves? How are they talking to themselves? Um, putting those four things together um, based on our insights or any research, you know, data research that you do, and then mixing it all up and kind of figure out where the brand falls out. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, once you talk to these folks, you kind of get a, I guess you get a feel for how they perceive themselves. And, you know, if you're talking to outside folks, you know, what, how, how they perceive the, the brand itself. Um, is this where you start to find where these little maybe gaps or opportunities are? Or is that part of, I mean, in the, does, does that happen in those conversations or does that happen further down the road? Well, you know, you're going to look at everything Bo just said and, and, I think he's being generous in how he simplified it because, I mean, often we're digging into their CRM systems and we're looking at the sales data. You know, uh, we're doing market research and list analysis comparisons. We might be doing some social, um, you know, uh, reviews on the different platforms and the consumer reviews that are out there on the company, the service, the product, the individuals, whatever they might be. You're looking at their LinkedIn, everything from their LinkedIn profiles. I mean, all of these things add up and uh, create the ultimate brand story that's being told by the organization. So, you're, you're really looking at everything you can possibly get your hands on. I mean, we're looking at RFP situations for a lot of corporations um, in the business sectors. What are they saying? How are they saying it? What are they putting into it? How are they responding to the RFP process? I mean, that's that's huge for some of our clients. Um, so, you know, I think the process that Bo described, you know, at its, at its broadest reach, you know, is how you approach it from a strategic standpoint. But what you're digging into, if I understand the question, is you're really looking at all of the tactical moving parts uh, to the brand. Yeah, so getting a 360-degree view of all the brand from every every which perspective. Right, and then I think part of your question was, is that when you start you know, looking at the gaps and things? And yeah, because once we get that really comprehensive view, and it's a moving target, I mean, we start uncovering things, and then that will lead to something else. And a lot of that is very collaborative when we look at those things, because we find things that you can just fix immediately. And, you know, um, some of them is like a brand promise. We had um, a client that was very much, um, you know, a customer service group, and they were known, they felt like that they were very responsive to their clients. Well, they were, but they weren't accessible. They never answered the phone. Once they answered the phone, they were very receptive. So even in the process of um, doing their assessment, we were able to give that feedback to them, and they immediately implemented measures to start working on that part of the brand as they went away. So it was a gap that was very critical to their service, but they were able to correct it pretty quickly. And part of that issue was the phone system itself. You know, yeah. so, so the technology, the, the technology, involved. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not only a procedural process, but sometimes it's a, you know, in this case, a hardware process. Yeah. So one thing that strikes me is that, um, you know, I think to, to maybe people who don't deal in branding every day, um, they do look at it as a communication exercise or a visual or just, Hey, let's, let's refresh the website. Let's do, the, um, do you, do you guys have a sense of why that is or why that might be? I mean, what, why is that, that misconception out there? I think, if I'm understanding the correct question correctly, 
it, those are the easy things to fix, right? I mean, it's you know, it, it's a website problem, or it's a it's a product problem, or it's a whatever. And Bad reality, campaign issue. Yeah, it, it, I think, it, and, and to Jonathan's point, you know, as we were talking about earlier, you know, the, these are the, those are the four main groups. Those are four main food groups for branding, right? You know, talk, what's your strategy? Who's the customer? Who's the, you know, what do your employees think? How do you deliver? And, and what's the marketplace? But there's a depth to that you know, that Jonathan's talking about. And I think it's easy to be on the top, look at the thing, right? It's our logo, or it's our website, or it's our brochure, or it's our slide deck is why people aren't buying what we're doing. And the reality is it's harder to look deeper and go, okay, why aren't we delivering on the promises we're making? It's about a promise. You know, it's about delivering on the messages and things and connecting with people. You have to have some depth to be able to do that. Right, and it's the promise and then it's the perception, right? Because so what you're measuring is, I feel like I'm giving a good service or that I'm meeting the marketplace need. And then when we start asking questions, it's like, no, you're not doing that at all. Or what I really needed was X and you're giving me Y. Right. And that's part of brand. And people so often, you know, what Bo said is they look at it as my logo, my colors, my whatever, and, you know, how I uh, talk in the marketplace. But it's really where that all connects and how people mm-hmm. both deliver and receive the service or product. Branding isn't communications. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, there's a difference. Like, there are communications tactics that you use to communicate brand ethos and the brand in the marketplace, but branding is not communications. It's it's perception. And I, I guess it's also about controlling the, um, it's about controlling touch points with, with every stakeholder in that, in this equation. Um, so are there any... Uh, are there any examples maybe that um, we can give as an instance that a customer came to us with, hey, we have this problem, uh, can you help us rebrand? And then what we really uncovered was something that was uh, maybe a, a separate problem or it was like, no, 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 this, this problem is, is a lot bigger than you thought. Is there any examples you guys can give of that? I think, you know, most clients come to us, they have a strategic goal in mind. It might be more sales. It might be penetrating a new market. It might be launching a new product. Um, it might be dealing with a new competitor, for example, or disruptive technologies or regulatory compliance changes, whatever that might be. Um, and so when you, you start the process of looking at, at like we've talked about, it, looking at the brand, analyzing you know, where the opportunities are, things that you can, you can plug some gaps and, and leverage some things that might have been mislooked, you know, looked at in the past, um, some of the ideas that come to mind for me, or um, we had a technology company that was at one point really a market leader. And over a period of several years, sales had started declining. They couldn't quite figure out why. So the assumption was we just need more advertising, right? Or we need to update the brand. Maybe it's gotten a little tired. Um, but through the research process, we were able to quickly identify that some of the product and service offerings were no longer relevant. The marketplace had, sh- had shifted. Their price points were, were off target. Um, the way they were bundling their services was not even accurate anymore for the marketplace. And so I think, um, you know, it's an example where you can get a little complacent sometimes, um, either with your, your product or your service, because, you know, you might have been top dog, you know, a year ago or two years or three years ago, but things can turn on you pretty quickly in the marketplace and you don't always know why. And so you should always be sort of monitoring, managing the brand in the marketplace to identify those issues. So I think that's an example. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think a, a physical example, one of our clients, um, you know, GSE Environmental, um, they do linings for landfills and coal ash plants and 
you know, they basically protect the bad stuff from mixing with the good stuff. Um, they came to us and they wanted to, their, their private equity, they were going to go public eventually, but their private equity group wanted to rebrand around green. Um, seemingly, you know, that might make sense, except for they didn't have any recycle bins and the whole place, and they make plastic that goes in landfills. So um, we, we had to talk to different countries, different places around the world, different, you know, in different dialects to get an understanding of what really made the brand tick, and the reality was it was durability. Mm-hmm. Their strategy was right. They were in the right ballpark, um, but they could have gone to market in a, in, a, in a way that would have been horrible for them because they're based on all the conversations we had with their consumer and all the conversations we had with their employees. It wasn't an environmental purchase. You know, it was a protection pur- purchase. It was a durability purchase. It was a reliability purchase. And um, it, had we not gone as deep as we went and talked about the sales process and dug into all the stuff we've been talking about, you know, we, they could have made a really bad decision that looked good on paper, um, but wouldn't have been the right approach to take. So um, it sounds like most people, you know, when they come through the door, they, they think, um, hey, we're missing something or we need something extra to, to, um, to boost sales or to, to, you know, increase the health of the company or whatever it may be. But sometimes it's about kind of simplifying or taking something away. Um, can, can you talk about maybe an instance of, of us, you know, employing that solution for a client? Yeah, we've worked with a number of manufacturers that often like to say think like manufacturers, which means they love the the widget they make. Um, And in many cases, um, every time they tweak the widget, in their minds, it becomes a new product, (laughs) you know, and it gets a new skew. And over time, you end up with 200, 5,000 of these things. And to the consumer, they're pretty much the same thing, but maybe they have some optional settings or feature functionality that they can order with it. And so um, many times you're collapsing down to a product line as opposed to the individual product or category or segment or something like that. So I think that's an area we see a lot of, you know, that happens. Uh, we've seen it with, you know, medical devices. We've seen it uh, with technology offerings. We've seen it with um uh, you know, chairs, <laughs> chair manufacturer, <laughs> you name it. Uh, it's surprising uh, how much I think clients will overcomplicate the sale, uh, even in the case of software. Uh, we had a client that was uh, had a, a premium uh, software product for engineers, and they were losing clients uh, pretty consistently at the renewal stage because they had turned the renewal process into a resale. And so as opposed to being like an automatic rollover, um, the competitor was coming in with a two-page switching contract, whereas they were making legal sign and re-sign a, a 36-page, you know, contract. And so the, in evidence of paring down, yeah, we had a client that was in the manufacturing space for a, a drilling product, and they would love, they'd get the engineering specifications from their client, and then they would want to re-engineer the en- engineering specifications to make, to make it even better, well, in reality, what that did was slow the product delivery down, increase the price point, and jeopardize the bonus of the project manager that was their client for hiring them in the first place. So here they were adding a step to the process, and in reality, it was doing the exact opposite of what they thought it was going to do for them in the, pro- in, in, in the sale. Right, and their intent, their intent was 
value added, right? If we add our layer of, of brilliant engineering on top of this, the product's going to get even better. But the perception of the customer was that, man, you're slowing this process down. You're making me look bad. And so in many cases, most of our, I would say almost 99.9% of our clients, their intent is right. You know, they have the right intentions. The problem is they sometimes put things in the way of what they really do best. Um, and that's, that's where, as a business solution, branding can be you know, huge. Is sometimes it's just the taking away of something. It's the simplification of it um, to help people really understand what they do best. So we've gone over a few examples of, of clients that have come in and, um, you know, we've, we've kind of changed their business. Uh, so can you guys maybe, you know, on a very simple level, on a very basic level, kind of define what should the goal of a, a brand or a rebrand be? Um, overall, the goal should be let's take a look at, let's take a step back, let's look at it 360, and let's, let's you know, conceptualize or put down in our strategy where it is, and then let's go back and figure out where that is. So it's having an open mind, um, and then it's being very inquisitive and saying, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise the hood here, I'm going to let everybody see what's going on, and then um, really taking all that feedback and then making strategic changes about what you're going to do. But you have to be willing to jump in and know that this may change my business and that I'm going to really have to listen to some hard stuff or um, I'm going to have to expand my thinking about something. And like, you know, we talked about taking services away, adding services, switching how we talk about the business. And that's huge because so many people talk at such a features function and benefits level. And it's like, let's figure out how we really talk about our company and how we really reach out and give the right service. Right. And I think at the end of that is making the business better. Yeah, I mean, if you're, it it's it's not. I think the Leslie, that, that's kind of the perfect way to to put that is that, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's not about having a new logo. It's not about having a new brand position or a new strategy. It's about making the business better. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we? What do we need to take out? What do we need to add? What do we need to emphasize? What do we need to de-emphasize? Um, you know, the, what do we need to? What do, in a branding process? Um, that's why we're looking at so many things so deeply is to really understand all the stuff we can get out mm-hmm. and all the stuff we need to enhance yep. um, because that's the end goal is to make the business better, not just come up with a new logo or launch a new website. Right. right. And when you do that, right, what happens is you increase the number of leads, you increase the quality of the lead, you can increase the dealer card size, you can reduce attrition, you can shorten the sales cycle. And so when you, when you look at that, you know, uh, that sales funnel process, you know, uh, evolutionary life cycle of the customer. If you move each one of those just a tiny amount, 5%, 2%, 10% here, it has a compounding effect on the back end. And so that's where you see that, that substantial lift and that, that traction that you get, which is, I think, is the ultimate benefit, right? So you have your goal, and then you have the, the benefit of that goal, which is, you know, that acceleration and that growth that most executives are looking for. Yeah, yeah. which... Which in the end makes the business more valuable. Right. I mean, I think at, at the, you know, taking taking all these things and putting them together, the intent of this process is not to just make the perceived, the perception that the business is more valuable. It's to make the business more valuable, to right. get the right. operation set, to make everything go right, to be talking to the right people, to be get optimizing how much you're getting right. Right. make the business more valuable. 
Yeah, and then your share price goes up, or you get an added, you know, added multiple when you go uh, to get sold, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right? Uh, or you defend yourself against cost of entry from a cheaper competitor uh, right. because people, uh, you know, pay more for a brand that they know and trust and love, and you can protect your territory. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do for our clients. Excellent. And one thing that, that Leslie said that I, that I found pretty interesting and, and, and it kind of you know, struck a chord was, uh, you know, you need to be in this process. You need to be open to change. You need to be you need to understand that whenever you do pop that hood, um, you, you may find some things that you, you know, not comfortable seeing or, you know, things that really you have to take a real hard, a good, hard, honest look at and, and make those changes. So, um well, I, I think we've pretty pretty thoroughly covered this. So thanks, guys. I really appreciate you stepping in and taking the time. Uh, and we'll let you get back to your regular scheduled day. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. My pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Solving for B. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. And for more insight into branding and marketing, check out brandextract.com. We'll see you next time on the Solving for B podcast with Brand Extract.